Yeah, we have uh, six varieties of hops growing out there, and uh, we've been told from the state we're actually the third largest hop farm in the state. Um, don't blink, you'll miss it, because it's not that big. <laughs> Uh, Virginia used to be very huge for, for growing hops a uh, long time ago, and that went out, and uh, so it's starting to come back. And Hi everyone, and welcome to Virginia Wine TV. Today we are at Corcoran Brewery and Corcoran Vineyards. We have brewmaster Kevin Bills, and we have Lori Corcoran with us today. So first we're going to start talking a little bit about the brewery. Um, many of you may not know that there actually is a brewery here at Corcoran. So Kevin, let's talk about your brewing style and what's going on over here. Okay, well uh, Corcoran Brewing, we opened July 30th of last year. We're the first uh, winery in the state to also have a brewery. Um, so we opened mid-year. Uh, by the time we opened, we already knew demand was far bigger than we ever expected it to be. The original intention was just to add a little something extra to the winery to complement the winery. Um, for all the parties that come out to the winery that have beer drinkers with them or perhaps beer drinkers that were dragged along on a wine tour to uh, have something else here to, to partake in as well. But like I said, by the time we opened, we quickly noticed that uh, we just did not meet capacity. We, we started on a very small system, only a half barrel, which is basically one full-size keg, and we were having trouble keeping up with demand. In our first three months we were open, we were closed one weekend each month because we were just out of beer. Right now in that situation again, we just don't have enough beer right now. Uh, but it, in the meantime, the last few months we've been adding on to the building, added on a larger space for, for brewing, have larger equipment, so we're growing seven times bigger. Uh, and we'll be able to definitely keep up with demand here, as well as, as expand our hours, and then uh, do a little distribution to some restaurants as well. So I understand you, you guys grow your own hops here, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have uh, six varieties of hops growing out there, and uh, we've been told from the state, we're actually the third largest hop farm in the state. Um, don't blink, you'll miss it, because it's not that big. Uh, Virginia used to be very huge for, for growing hops a uh, long time ago, and that went out, and uh, so it's starting to come back. I know Blue Mountain down in Charlottesville, they grow their own hops. We're growing our own. There's a couple other small farms in the state, and then we're actually adding a few more this year, four more varieties I'll be adding. And then, so we hope eventually to be using most of our own hops uh, versus ones that get imported or from the Northwest U.S. where most hops are grown. So how many different beers do you have at any given time? At any given time, we have up to six. We only have six taps on hand at a time. Um, with the expansion, it's possible we might add a couple. The plan is really just to be able to keep up with demand with that right now. Um, so up to six beers at a time. We're up to, I think I counted the other day, 14 or 15 different recipes uh, in our repertoire so far, and I'm continually adding more as we go along. And how long is the brewing process? Uh, for Actually brewing it just in a day's work, it's pretty much a full day's work getting uh, a batch for, I can get two batches done in a day on this small system right now. Um, but then it ferments for a couple weeks and conditions in the kegs for a couple weeks. So you're looking at typically at least a month um, before from grain to glass. Um, some, some want it to sit a little longer, especially some styles like lagers, the Kolsch uh, has to age a little longer, so you let it sit a little more. So what do we have on top now? Uh, right now we've got our Commonwealth Kolsch. <clears throat> uh, our tagline is great beer with a loco attitude, loco being Loudoun County. So most of our names we try and use local area names, town names, uh, and other uh, trade, uh, not trademarks, uh, landmarks, things of that nature. So Commonwealth, obviously the Commonwealth of Virginia, Commonwealth Kolsch. Wheatland is a tiny little town you probably drove through here on the way here. That is our American wheat beer. 
Peeville is a town, it's a nickname for personal. It's the town I live in down the road. This is our American Pale Ale. Loco is our English style India Pale Ale. Most people are familiar with American style India Pale Ales, the dogfish heads and things like that. But this is a British style, which is much more laid back on the hops, not as uh, hop centric of a flavor. Catoctin Ale, or the Catoctin Creek, Catoctin Mountains, uh, it's a name used a lot. That's actually my oldest recipe. I've had that one for about eight, no, almost nine years, I guess, uh, that I've been brewing that one at home and now here. And then Round Hill is actually our root beer, but it's an alcoholic root beer. It's not just a soda. It's a 8% alcohol beer. Alcoholic root beer. Yes. Yeah, that'd be great with ice cream. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what people, people keep saying, and we keep running out of it, and I haven't been able to try that myself. Um, but yeah, it's an 8% alcohol, it's an, it's an ale, and then spiced with natural roots, sarsaparilla, yucca root, ginger root. Um, there's some, I think there's some vanilla root in there. Um, so local ingredients, we try to when we can in our pumpkin ale that we had in the fall, we used local honey. Um, I would love to use more of that, it's actually a pretty costly thing, the amount I used in the pumpkin ale, it was, it was very easy to do that. Um, some things that the root beer actually use a lot more honey in. Um, so hopefully we can find it a little more cost effective locally, but other than that, um, some things we grow. Lori has an herb garden out here. Uh, she had uh, some cilantro growing in there, and the seeds from cilantro, the coriander seed, get used in um, Belgian whites. I used some in the, the yeah, the Manubrau, which was my Christmas ale. Um, but also we used local. Uh, oh, the pumpkins. Oh, oh yeah, pumpkins. Yeah, definitely our our pumpkin beer, which was huge. We got all our pumpkins from Wegmeyer Farms outside Percival and Great Country Farms in Blumont. Next year I'll be growing, trying to grow some myself, but also getting more from them because uh, we'll be brewing a lot of that. Is that going to be part of the expansion process here at Perkins? What's that? Growing. Growing. Uh, the pumpkins we thought about doing it here. Deer get into it too right. much, um, uh, but actually I've, I've got. Well, at least they're not getting into the beer. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'll just be growing that myself. Actually, my in-laws farm where there's some space that's perfect for growing pumpkins, and the deer don't come through that part too much. So. Well, let's talk about the expansion, because we just were talking about the brewery. What does having a brewery here at Pork and Vineyards do for the winery? I think it actually, like Kevin said, it actually adds a, like a bonus feature. So having beer and wine all in one place is actually probably the best type of the atmosphere that we could, we could give people. We've also brought on a barbecue, so we have food, and they use all of our local, our wines and beer to make sauces with the barbecue, so we're trying to expand more ways than one. And are you selling the sauces? Yeah, yeah, we will be selling this year. And, and we're selling beer here too, right? Yes. So you can take home beer. What's kind of the price range? Yes, right now we only have uh, sell beer by the growler, which is a half gallon of beer. Uh, equates to almost a six pack, five and a half, five and two thirds beers. And, um, About five and a half beers here? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. And the price is, uh, if you have your own growlers from other breweries, you can bring them in to fill up. A lot of people still have tons from when Old Dominion was around, so a lot right. of people bring in the, the swing top ones. Uh, we use these more basic screw top ones. So if you don't have your own, it's $5 just for the bottle, and you can fill this up usually at other breweries as well. Bring it back here to get it filled up. Uh, to fill them, depending on the beer style, it's $14 or $16 for some of our specialties. And I'm starting to do some barrel aging, and those ones might cost a little more because the alcohol content and the taxes involved. And right. All that stuff. <laughs> so this is you. You bring this home and you drink it right then. It's not something you want to put in the fridge. You pretty much, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, you've pretty much got about a week before okay. you really want to start using it up. But much like a two-liter bottle of soda, if you take it home and drink a glass out of it, it's now got headspace in there. It's going to start going flat. Right. So I tell people once you open a growler, you've pretty much got a day or two, probably two days.
it just loses its its fizz. What's your favorite brand? My favorite, no, not my favorite is the Katakin. So that's the recipe I've had for pale ale. It's an English pale ale. So it's amber in color, not very hoppy, pretty mild, but one that I could drink six of with dinner, and the alcohol content's low enough. I'm not intoxicated, but also the flavor complements a lot of things. Not an overly hoppy beer that that after one or two taste buds are kind of. So, that, would you consider yourself a boutique style brewery? Kind of compare yourself to the other big breweries that we have in the area and what um, sets you apart from them? What sets us apart? Um, definitely our size. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone else, uh, the next smallest I know in the region is on a 10 barrel system, and I'm upgrading to a three and a half barrel system. So, we're um, called a nano brewery. Yeah, right? we're, we're called nano with the larger system. We're on the cusp of being nano versus micro because there's no official definition of nano brewery. Um, but uh, so being that small allows me to really experiment a lot more. So some new beers I'm working on, you know, we try. I made it. We kind of liked it. Threw it on tap. While we can't sell it, we sample it out to people and see what people like, and uh, take that feedback to go back to the drawing board, maybe hop it up a little more, things like that. Um, so I'll be doing a lot more one-off little little batches of, of experimental things. And what about you talking about this barbecue, I mean, beer and barbecue? That's just an amazing combination. Do you guys do tastings similar to what you would do in a winery with wine pairings and whatnot? Uh, we haven't with the beer. I mean, we did a beer dinner at Magnolia's at the meal at the mill last May, but uh, not, nothing uh, a pairing outside of that one. And we'll probably be doing a couple more with them in Tuscaloosa. Well, hopefully. Our, our viewers will now know that there is a brewery here. Mm -hmm. We'll get some more people out here. Yeah. And I understand you just won an award for one of your wines. Well, the Apple, the People's Choice Award in Virginia Wine Lover Magazine was voted uh, the best fruit wine. Overall. And are you, are you doing a lot of fruit wines? I am. Um, I'm doing a raspberry, merlot, blackberry, um, apple, and lemon cello. So. Well, I'm thirsty, so yeah. why, don't we, why, don't we, why don't we taste something? Yeah. What do you suggest? Um, the one you poured, uh, while we had the name for Peeville, is actually our Corky's Irish Red Ale. So, so this is what we have right yeah. here? Okay. So, there, oh, thank you. So this is uh, oh, Irish Red Ale. Again, it's sort of like a Schmidtick's Ale. And it's named after uh, the owner, Jim, Jim and Lori's, uh, Lori's father-in-law, Jim's dad. His nickname is Corky. I, I think I knew that. <laughs> well, it's really smooth. Mm -hmm. So Jim was talking to us earlier about um, you know tasting beer and, and it's a little similar to what we would do with wine in terms of the palate and the mm -hmm. finishes and whatnot. Can you explain kind of what we're trying to pick up on this? Um, uh, well, with beer, <clears throat> you focus on kind of three things. I would say um, first is the aroma. Mm -hmm. I mean, the trick to beer is also being in a good glass. Um, for if you're drinking by a pint, these are basically our tasting glasses. Mm -hmm. so. This is a nice cold glass. Yes, yeah. Just the width of, of the opening. Well, you, you kind of when you when you take a beer to your mouth, you, you want your nose to be in it too, okay. um, so that you get that that aroma. Because especially the hops give a lot of aroma to the beer, and so you want to smell that. That accentuates your your taste buds and kind of alerts your taste buds. Hey, something yummy's coming. But um, the next is obviously the taste and the flavor, and then. Of course, the aftertaste. Some beers are going to leave a little more sting on your tongue mm -hmm. from the hot flavor or from the malt. Um, a, a nice uh, lager will leave a sweetness, whereas a, a very hoppy beer obviously will leave a, a bitterness on your tongue. This is excellent. Really smooth. And this one's about five and a half percent alcohol, uh, more malty than than most beers, but that's true to the style for an Irish. Beer. What's the highest amount of alcohol that you have in any of your beers? Um, right now, actually, the root beer is the highest alcohol. Really? 
we started very basic, since we can only sell beer by the growler, I wanted beers that people could drink in a night or two before it goes flat. Whereas beers you buy by the bottle, a six pack, if it's a 14% alcohol beer, you can have one of them and that's fine. Right. If this was all 14% alcohol and incredibly hopped out the wazoo, you're probably gonna drink one of those before, uh, although there are some hop heads out there that, uh, that would love it, but if it's high alcohol, you're not, not gonna that's drink the whole it's one. real better, right? Real better, yeah. You're not gonna get through one of these and make it to your bed <laughs> if it's that high in alcohol. And similarly, if it's high in hops, uh, it you know, probably wouldn't complement too many foods in that quantity. So we started with more basics, mostly five to 6% alcohol beers. Uh, as we've started getting much more beer nuts in here, uh, I'm starting to, to expand those out. So I've got an American IPA coming that will be hoppy. Um, like I said, the root beer is 8% alcohol. We have a black IPA um, called Once You Go Black Ale that is also 8% alcohol. And um, I'm trying to think what else is higher. What about the one, is it the porter that's the, in the barrels? The, well, the porter's not in the barrel yet. Um, the porter, I want to say, was 6.5% alcohol. But then, uh, yes, my favorite was the Catoctin Ale. We've taken a couple batches of that and filled the barrel from the Catoctin Creek Distillery with it. So it's going to impart some of the flavor of the oak as well as the, the whiskey side. in there. And that'll end up probably about 7.5% when it's done. Okay. And then I'll be doing the same thing with some bourbon barrels with that Catoctin, with our stout, uh, and with some others as I just... Excellent. Thank you so much for chatting with sure. me today. Thank you. Looking forward to tasting some more. Lori, thank you. You're Pleasure. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today. Come on out to Corcoran and enjoy some beer, some wine, and some barbecue. Slaunch it. Woohoo!